Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot of talk in that first hour about the performance or non-performance of the White Ferns, um, actually, at the T20 World Cup. And I'd imagine as disappointed as the rest of us joins us now, so I feel a bit sad to bring her on a day when everyone's reflecting on the poor performance of the White Ferns. But let's celebrate Amy Satterthwaite winning the Super Smash with her fantastic team. Amy, welcome into the show. Good morning. Let's congratulate you ending your domestic career on an absolute high with the Magicians. Winning the Super Smash must have given you a lot of delight uh, with that group of young women. Yeah, it was pretty special, to be honest. Obviously, ending up at at home thanks to the guys hosting the the finals day, but um, the way that the team sort of performed throughout the season and then in particular in that semi-final and final, they just really stepped up in, um, in big moments as well and it was, yeah, it was pretty special to be a part of. What's changed, what have been the biggest couple of changes for you, Amy, from when you first encountered cricket at the domestic level a few years ago now to where it's at now? Yeah, well, Frankie reminded me that um, Abigail Hotton, who made her debut the other day, wasn't even born when I made my debut. <laughs> so I certainly feel like I've been around for a long time. Um, but yeah, it's... it's certainly changed a lot. I think we saw that with the, the WPL auction overnight. Um, you wouldn't have ever dreamt that something like that was going to happen in the women's landscape and um, I think that's just you know, forcing the game to keep growing and the introduction of the T20 format in particular has is, is probably you know, been a, a really good thing for the women's game and, and the way that it's made, um, I guess, people evolve you know, physically and skillfully on the field as well. So it's been an exciting time to be part of, and I think um, the T20 format in particular, I've got a lot to thank in a way. It's probably made me have to look at my game and, and evolve it in the way that I played, and I think that's only helped my 50 over game over the years as well. Do we have the depth? Because we, we've done a lot of talk back and we had a lot of texts in the first hour about the performance over at the World Cup. Is It seems to be, and it might be too convenient to say, if, if Susie and Sophie and Amelia um, Kerr fail, New Zealand fail, because the depth just isn't there. It's We've seen you know, the odd sprout of hope from some of the other players, but domestically do we have the strength and the ability at the moment to be able to push internationally? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's probably being shown a little bit at the moment that um, our depth certainly isn't as strong as some of the other countries. And, you know, I've had the, the fortune of playing in the likes of Australia and, and England and, and seeing some of the talent that's coming through in those countries. I think um, it is going to be a real challenge for us moving forward. I think we'll have to be pretty smart, I guess, with our resources and, and how we look to, to bring players through and, and develop them and we probably have thrown some players in the deep end a little bit um, you know, with limited domestic experience let alone then having to jump up to that international experience and it is a different level and um, they're sort of having to learn on their feet which is pretty tough at times but you, you hope that with them being surrounded with the experience of the likes of Sophie, Susie, Mealy and even Maddie um, that you mentioned before that we'd be able to have you know a good balance but like you said, unfortunately, if those big guns don't fire, it makes it a pretty tough ask. 
Is there enough cricket domestically for our women players? Because we we often find, you know, Susie, Sophie, Emily, that they're enticed to other leagues. Um, so our youngsters don't get to mix and mingle as much with them as I think would be beneficial. So on the domestic calendar, is there enough cricket in New Zealand for these 17, 18, up to 21-year-olds to hone their craft? I think there's enough domestic cricket. I think we can be looking at what other cricket we've got available to some of these players. And like you say, we have, I guess, our top tier go off and play in leagues around the world. And it is there an opportunity to provide more cricket to to the other players that um, don't go and play in those leagues and, I guess, provide a little bit of a a bridging gap between domestic cricket and and international cricket and and give them, you know, some tougher... um, competition and opportunities but also just more time to experience different conditions different um, you know game situations to, to learn and evolve I think we've probably seen that a little bit in the first two games of, <clears throat> of the World Cup and we look a little bit like we're not quite sure how to play on on different conditions and on wickets that are probably you know being a little bit lower and slower than we might have um, expected and in you know, getting that experience at a younger age, you know, helps us to to be able to adapt to that. And I know I've seen, you know, Australia send A teams over to England and under-19 teams over to South Africa for tours. And, you know, all of that experience um, has to be hugely beneficial for them. But even back home, how we can have more camps and more access to players and and, um, giving them, uh, I guess, you know, greater understanding of, of their games and developing their skills as well outside of domestic cricket would be a, a huge benefit, I think, as well. Yeah, because you, you were good enough and played for long enough to play all around the world. And whereas we're picking young women to go and compete at World Cups and they go and play in a country for the first time or overseas for the first time, is there, is there an argument to, say, maybe put together, I don't know, a New Zealand universities team and send them and, and play some lower level you don't expect full internationals in South Africa, in India, in Australia just to get them used to different conditions, whether we get a, let's let's like earmark it, an under 20s team just put it together and send them away and get them used to it, so when that inevitable step up comes, they've got some, got some experience overseas Yeah, there's definitely that side of it, I think we saw a development team go to India in December and that's going to be huge and I guess that's the exciting part is there are some of those opportunities starting to happen, but the flow and effect of that won't be seen straight away and it'll take a little bit of time. So, you know, hopefully we can continue to have those opportunities as well. And um, and then I think it's about getting players to be able to, to dominate at their level and whether that's at under-19, whether that's then at you know, an A-level or a domestic level, that if they can learn to, to dominate at that level, then they can take those learnings and that skill development up to the next level, whereas sometimes when you have a a lack of depth, you start to fast-track players quite quickly and they probably lose that opportunity to score big runs, take lots of wickets um, at that you know level underneath and then they're expected to perform at the higher level. So it's a, a really delicate balance and unfortunately sometimes when you don't have a, a massive amount of depth, like I say, you, you sometimes fast-track these things and it doesn't always work in your favour. Where are you at with high performance in the women's game? Is, is it... Is it accessible enough? Is the identification of the future high performers right in women's cricket? And yeah, is it is it preparing our youngsters for the next level? I think we've probably had a period where we haven't had enough in place. We've, you know, so many of us that were in the white fans had talked about the fact that we played a cricket um, earlier in our careers and 
the experience that that gave us and I think we've had five or six years where we've had nothing underneath the white fans and um, just expected players to go from domestic cricket straight up to international cricket so you know that has probably been a concern but I think now we're just starting to see some things take place I think the appointment of Liz Green is a great one and I think she'll do some fantastic work in that space I think the appointment of Sarah McGlashan has been outstanding and her having access to that next here and that young group of players I think will be huge for the development but like I said earlier that's going to take time to see the rewards and the flow on of that so we're probably hoping for better performances right now and it might actually take two, three, four years to start to see um, some improvement in that space now that we're starting to get some of the systems and resources in place. And I would imagine uh, someone who's had 20 years at the top of cricket could offer quite a bit, Amy Satterthwaite. What are you up to the next few years? Could we please um, get you involved somehow? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Um, It's certainly something I'm having to work through in the next wee while as to what life looks like after playing, but I love the game. Um, I've loved being involved for so long and it has been a, a huge part of my life. So because there's opportunities around, I'd, I'd love to stay involved and, and try and give back where I can and, and hopefully help um, you know, develop players and, and improve the skill within New Zealand. But yeah, like I say, yeah, certainly love being involved and, and hopefully that those opportunities can be there somewhere. Can you earmark for us after such a long career? Um, I think you've still got, is it the Halliburton... Uh, Johnston Shield um, and they're renaming the Oval to Satterthwaite Oval. Not many of us are going to go to our grave having had a an Oval named after us, um, but that is in recognition of your contribution. That That's going to be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, it certainly took me by surprise, that's for sure. Um, we've got four games left in the Halliburton Johnston Shield competition and, and hopefully a final if we can perform well enough but yeah, to have a ground that I think has been pretty special for me over the years. I started my club cricket for St Albans, which played um, at that ground you know, many, many years ago. And you know, obviously to see the evolution of it into what it is today, it's a, a pretty amazing ground. And I think you know, globally around the world, it, it's right up there. And to think that yeah, they've renamed it for a couple of games, um, like I said, I certainly didn't see that coming in. It's a, a very special honour. And before we go, uh, Amy, can, I'm going to try and pin you down. You've probably been asked before and you've, you've got standard answers, but can we get an international highlight and a domestic highlight out of you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I struggle with those sorts of questions. Um, there's so many games that I've played over the years um, and we've certainly had some very memorable ones. Um, I think domestically I said the other day that from a T20 point of view, scoring my... 100 um, last year mm. I didn't think it was something I'd probably ever do and I've, I've probably always been earmarked a little bit as a 50 over player so that was something pretty special to to tick off um, and then you know things like playing at Lords internationally um, you know it was pre- pretty special and thinking of the places and countries that I've been able to travel to um, and play it you know as a cricketer it's been pretty pretty special and obviously scoring my first 100 for New Zealand um, against Australia as well would be be right up there, but um, probably the the ones that got away in terms of the World Cups that we didn't perform at will be the ones that will haunt me. Um, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll try not to think about them too much as once I stop playing. But yeah, they, it was always an honour to to represent New Zealand at those World Cups, and we felt like we had teams that could compete, and we certainly had some some good moments. But to not quite be able to lift one of those or a Rose Bowl for that fact um, were probably the the disappointing parts of my career. But I've certainly had many highs and um, along the way as well.
We're talking to uh, Amy Satterthwaite, who's given so much to the game of cricket in New Zealand. Just had a text through from Josh, and so before I let you go, I always put the listeners' questions to you. Do you watch the men's game at all, and what's your take on how they're tracking or not tracking? Yes, I do. I am a little bit of a cricket nuffy, so I certainly watch a lot of cricket um, globally, and in particular the, the men's game, but I actually had the... the um, pleasure of being involved with some under-17 boys games and being able to, I guess, have a different um, environment and, and being involved with that was pretty cool just to to see how they go about things um, and, and learn from them. But, yeah, I think the the Black Caps have been um, a real leader for us in New Zealand cricket over the years and, and probably performed um, you know, incredibly well and a little bit above where you'd probably expect us to as a, as a small country. But, um, yeah, they're, they're probably not quite um, at the level they'd like to be at the moment and it'll be interesting how they track um, I think these tests against England coming up will be a real test of where they're at obviously we really enjoy playing at home and hopefully the weather allows us to do that but yeah that's going to be a real marker as to where they're at at the moment I know they'll be incredibly disappointed after winning the World Test Championship to how they've been played recently but we know they've got some outstanding cricketers so hopefully they can continue to turn that around Yep, brilliant, Amy. Well, hopefully the White Ferns can unearth some more outstanding cricketers in your mould. You've been such a wonderful contributor to the game and the development of the game. And speaking to young cricketers has played with and against and alongside you, uh, your contribution has truly been invaluable. Um, if we could do more than just name an oval after you, I'm sure we could. For Amy, thanks so much for everything you've given the sport and the landscape, particularly our young women's cricketers over the year. Um, I wish you all the very best and please, don't be a stranger to the game of cricket we need people in in there like you inspiring as you have done as a player I'm sure you can even do it even more so as a coach or an advisor or some sort of thing so Amy uh, go well and uh, thanks for joining us today No worries, thank you It's it's been a privilege to play for so long and I've absolutely loved it so looking forward to what's next